It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. You would think that after all this time, like we would have a really good, like standard opening line to the podcast. Welcome. Be, like, well, that, that's why we got uh, Joe. Yeah, Joe covers know. that for us. Yeah, so. Joe, Joe takes care of that. Yeah. So and I here are your gonna... hosts, yeah. David Linder and Kevin Cruz. Yeah, ah, we're good. We got a standard intro. Do you remember? Um, um. Do you remember like our very first couple uh, episodes? Uh, you know, we had the Garage Band intro thing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but then, didn't you still keep that little hook? That yep, the hook has been the same this whole time. Yeah. See, that's our yep. that's our calling card, man. Yep. Yep. It's been. I've I've rewritten. I've rearranged it. I should say a whole bunch of times. Yeah. But, uh, or at least three or four times. Yeah. Maybe. There's been some different variations. Yeah. Our, um. I'm trying to remember uh, uh, the one that we're using now. That's the one doesn't have the like the phone no, numbers. That was last time. That was the last uh, time. Okay, yeah. and then there's like the like the telephone. Oh, that's when uh, Todd uh, did the intro. Yeah, I remember Todd, that. Yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. Todd. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, here we are. Another. <laughs> Another episode, another another, another random uh, opening. Yeah, just just that uh, maybe that's our thing. Our epi- our our thing is Boom. random openings. That's See, what we, we do. do have a thing. Yeah, it always takes us about like five to ten minutes to actually get into the right. the podcast right. to get into the heart of it because we have but, random stuff. Yeah. I'm curious. I wonder hey, because you did it to me. I'm going to do it to you. Uh oh, what is it? Yeah, you know, because we t- we we talked about you know how how you know the Buckeyes went and just kind of got pounded <laughs> you know by Clemson and then. Just recently, the, a similar thing has happened in, in your in your world. I don't know how much you follow basketball, but Oregon almost yeah. made it. Almost, it was almost. It was hard, man. Yeah, it was hard. I'm not a huge basketball guy, but obviously Oregon was, uh, you know, was in the Final Four. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm watching it, and um, man, you know, they came within one point, one which point. I was actually surprised that they got within one because, man, the second half. Uh, well, uh, most of the game was really sloppy, but mm-hmm. the second half, uh, you know, they, they missed a lot of opportunities, but then they came back within one and, you know, Tar to Heels lose by one point, man, Tar Heels missed four foul shots in a row. I think a couple of them on purpose, uh, so they got the rebound and I don't know Whatever. Yeah, I was, th- I was thinking that I was like, I think they're missing these on purpose just because they know they can out rebound yeah. Oregon and they well, can and get then, it and lose time. Yeah. And then, you know, if you miss the free throw, the, then the clock, you know, mm-hmm. the clock goes as opposed to if you make it, you know, they can inbound the ball, chuck it halfway down the court. Right. So, you know, it, it was a little disappointing. The what was, sad thing is, is that I think you could have beaten Gonzaga. I know. You know because of the way they ended up losing. Gone, oh career. man. You know, and here's the thing. So, uh, because Oregon lost in the final four 
in the championship game, I'm rooting for Gonzaga. It's mm-hmm. a Northwest team. Right. Phil Ball, our youth pastor, uh, went to Gonzaga, okay. played basketball at Gonzaga. I didn't know that. And so Phil Ball has huge, huge, you know, uh, ties with Gonzaga. Right. And so I was rooting for Gonzaga. And I was too. Man, they they talk about missing opportunities. Their yeah. big guy, uh, Krasowski or whatever that dude's yeah. name is, um, man, he had so many opportunities right there. Just kind of missed a few. And uh, yeah, they were just outmatched. They I mean, were. That's basically how they it, were. I mean, North Carolina just way, oh. way in a different league in terms of their. I mean, the the size of their guys, yep. the athleticism, and I mean, like it was like watching, you know, a Hoosiers team. I mean, definitely an underdog coming and playing. You know, the the big. Yeah. You know the well, big and team especially I mean, you know, North Carolina. They're the perennial, you know, powerhouse in the tournament. Mm-hmm. It was their twentieth time making it to the Final Four. Their sixth time making it to the championship right. game. Um, so I mean, they're a great team, great yeah. coach. Uh, uh, nothing but respect. Hats off to the Tar Heels. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. But we do tend to talk about it from time to time. <laughs> but it's also you know we you one of the I think it was a lot the next episode. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about the weather. Right. I saw uh, on uh, on the weather a couple of nights ago. Mark Nelson put up this you know the statistic. Normally, from between October and April, we will have something like eighteen to you know eighteen you know sixteen or eighteen clear days. Okay. Last winter, we had like twenty four of them. Whoa. Twenty four because it was really all the snow. really warm really warm not this oh, winter not- last winter last winter okay. last year. This year we've had six. Oh, six see? clear days see? in that period of time. So it really is cold and dreary and gray for a it's long season here in the Northwest. It's but, been rough. but the spring is coming. Spring is is here. It's it's and turned that corner. Things are opening up. Yeah, like New all our yeah, all of our little uh, flowers and plants and bushes are starting to kind of bud and blossom. And yeah, it's looking really nice. We have a bunch of these um, uh, cherry blossom trees or plum trees or whatever they're mm-hmm. called. Uh, but, you know, uh, for most of the year, uh, they're like kind of ugly purplish brownish color. Uh, but for two weeks, about two to three weeks out of the year, this is beautiful pink, right. you know. Until all the petals fall on the ground and then they like then they start to decompose there. And it's just like. Yeah, then it gets nasty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Multnomah, we call it the pink mist, yes, you know. I remember those. The pink mist. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But uh, hey, today we got another interview for you guys. It is Chris Powers of Full of Eyes. I did not intend for that to rhyme, but it did. Hey, and uh, it's a very—he's—he's <laughs> he's very, very passionate about what he does there at Full of Eyes. Yeah, and awesome a, interview, a awesome. fun interview. So uh, here's our interview with Chris. Well, we are here with Chris Powers joining us today, of Full of Eyes. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Right off the bat, would you uh, just introduce yourself to us and to our listeners and give us a, a history of of Chris as well as uh, kind of the, the foundation of Full of Eyes? Sure. Yeah. Um, boy, I'll give you the, the abbreviated history. <laughs> um, so um, got my undergrad in video production. Um, and right after college, uh, my wife, Courtney and I were married and off onto the kind of video production within the church scene. Um, but it wasn't too long before the Lord started to really give me a desire to know, uh, the original biblical languages and, and kind of study that seminary would give. 
Um, and so uh, after a few years, I ended up going to seminary um, in Minneapolis. And uh, so got we, my wife and I moved there, did, did the seminary thing, and it was during seminary that I kept hearing from people, um, hey, this, this animation stuff you're doing uh, is, is helping us. That's helping us know more of Christ. That's helping us enjoy Him. And, um, and, and so it was kind of this combination of my own desires, kind of seeing, man, I, I love to communicate Christ artistically and visually. I love to take what I'm learning in seminary and communicate it that way. Um, the church seems to be helped by that. Like it, it actually seems to be pointing them to Christ. And my wife says, I love it when you do that. I want you to do that. So it was kind of those three things coming together that made me say in, um, I guess it was August of 2014, let me try to do this art ministry full time and uh, kind of stepped into full of eyes, and the Lord has been sustaining it from there. So, you know, really, kind of an overview. really cool. Uh, I, I love what you said about uh, your wife kind of being on board and your wife saying, hey, this is great. I love your, that you're doing this. Like, having a wife support you is the best, right? right. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. Just, yeah. that's just so cool. That's, it's much easier to do ministry if your wife supports it. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. And if she says, Absolutely. hey, uh, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. Or, uh, yeah, this kind of <laughs> sucks, so please don't do that ever again. Right. Or, uh, yeah, I just can't get behind you. But, yeah, having a wife that supports you is good. No, yeah, great. and oh, I was just going to say that was that was really her her support was the crucial thing to moving forward. Um, and, uh, yeah, I could say more about that, but that was, that was kind of a, a big moment for us in our marriage that I was, I was grateful the Lord brought us to. Yeah, that's really awesome. Now, Chris, I got to ask, full of eyes, why the name, what's the name? Give me some, uh, give me some background on what full of eyes even means. Cause what comes to mind for me is the, uh, you know, if the whole body were an eye, you know, where would the sense of hearing be? It's like, sure. And see what, what I thought of, I, I thought of the cherubim in, in uh, like Isaiah six that, you know, had like the wings and the eyes and, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. But you tell yes. us, give, give us the full of eyes. So full of eyes is from, um, revelation four. Um, specifically you get, uh, verse eight where you've got these creatures, these living creatures that are around the throne of, of God, and it says that they're full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And, and what struck me about that is you've got these angelic beings that exist solely for the purpose of perception. They're covered in eyes, and eyes Symbolically, that's the organ of perceiving. And so these beings only exist to perceive with a supernatural fullness and clarity one thing, and that's the, the glory of God, the beauty of God. And so these, these beings are around his throne, and it says day and night they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy. And, and I don't think it's because God said, you angels never stop saying that. Just start and don't stop. I think it's because with all of their perceptive powers trained on the beauty of God, they are consistently seeing fresh things and deeper things and fuller glory. 
and it's consistently overwhelming their soul and erupting out in worship, holy, holy, holy. And so these, the existence of these beings bears witness to me to the uh, unplumbable depths of God's beauty because they are cons- forever saying this. And I named the ministry full of eyes because I think that what those angels is doing are doing um, is what humans exist to do, namely perceive the beauty of God in the crucified and risen Christ. And then having perceived that, having seen that by faith, to savor it in their hearts and from out of that savoring to overflow a singing of worship in um, whether it's in art or in music or in, you know, uh, farming or, you know, raising children. But our lives are to be the singing that's overflowing from a savoring that's come from a seeing of the beauty of God in the slain and risen son. Wow. Um, so that's, that's why I named it that. that. That's like, that's like a whole sermon. I feel, yeah. I feel like you just gave the outline of a sermon. That was beautiful, man. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, that's, and again, I was going to name it something else, but my wife was like, Hey, you can explain that full of eyes idea. Why don't you just do that? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Our wives are great. Yeah. And praise God for good wives. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah. so that's that's kind of the uh, biblical motivation for Full of Eyes. But what is it? What's the big idea of Full of Eyes that drives you to do this? Yeah. Um, well, in a sense, it is it is that biblical motivation. It is the um, you know I one of the things that struck me at seminary was the simple idea that Jesus makes God known. Um, he's the he's the word become flesh. John 1.18 says he's the uh, the one who makes the invisible God known or exegetes God. Um, John, Jesus says in John 14.9, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So this idea that God reveals himself to us in his son. And, and then you think, okay, well, the climax of the son's work uh, where he is glorified is on the cross. And... Um, just to think, what does it tell us about God that he, in being able to do anything, communicate himself in any way he wants, he says, I'm going to do it through a crucifixion seen in light of a resurrection, um, a crucifixion where sin is born and wrath is absorbed and my whole self is poured out to you in love. And not only is that going to redeem you, but it's going to reveal who I am because God's redemption always is serving revelation of himself. Um, And that simple idea, God made known at the cross of Christ, um, just kind of arrested my mind. And then when you plug into that, you know what? The whole universe only exists to make God known. God created the world to communicate his beauty. And the climax of that beauty is the incarnation of Christ. And the climax of that is the cross. And then you think, what is this telling us about who he is? And so the desire to um, see more of God in Christ at the cross, to unfold that, to apply that, to enjoy that, um, to live in light of that is is what I want to do with my life. And what I hope Full of Eyes is kind of a an outworking of. And I hope it serves that ends for other for the people who, you know, receive the stuff I'm doing. Yeah, you know, really cool, uh, Chris, just hearing, first of all, just the the passion and the heart behind it. Thank you for sharing the heart. You know, I love it when we have people on the show 
who are passionate about what they do, you know, people who love what they do. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think when we, when we work in the gifting that God's given us, when we work, you know, in the outflow of what God has wired us, then it's really cool to see what, mm-hmm. what can end up happening. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I had for you, Chris, so you, you talked about, you know, kind of the name, you talked about the big idea, uh, you know, even your background, a little bit, that background of you in, in uh, you know, graphic design or, or a, a video, what, whatever, what's it called? Video production. Video, video production. Video production. <laughs> Thanks, sorry. Um, but tell us a little bit about uh, what what you do with Full of Eyes, what you do with, um, what you're doing now, maybe future projects that you're trying to accomplish with Full of Eyes. Yeah, um, well, um what I'm doing right now is, um, I mean, the big project I'm working on right now is a- an animation that is going to try to apply the things I just mentioned about God made known in Christ to um, to addiction. Because um, the community we're in and, and really just the culture we're in, uh, addiction is kind of a pervasive issue. And... Um, so I'm working on an animation right now that the thesis of which is basically the true food and true drink of knowing and enjoying God in his son um, is, is the only thing that can break the bonds of addiction at the heart level. Um, and so basically, you know, you don't rip out addiction and leave a vacuum. The heart's just going to suck something else in. You, you, you know, um, you rip it out and you put in the good food and the good drink. Um so, so that's kind of the next project. Um, after that, I'm wanting to do something that basically looks at the history of redemption in light of uh, the marriage of Christ and the church. Um, so kind of a, a overview of redemptive history in light of a, a, you know, a groom seeking his bride and what that, what that looks like. Um, so those are kind of future projects, but then there's there's also the day-to-day, you know, each day I make a, a verse picture based on a, a passage of scripture. And then um, I'm always working on kind of larger pictures based on passages of scripture. Um, and then the big thing is always an animation in the background. So kind of three things going at a time, if that makes sense. And I think what's important to, to note here, if I understand correctly, you, um, you provide these as resources. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, I should have mentioned that, right? Um, yeah, everything I do, I'm I make available for free. So wow. you know, when I when I work with a music artist, I right up front say, hey, the end result animation is going to be free um, for pastors and ministry leaders and small group leaders to download and use. Is that okay with you? Um, and and my goal is to just be generating content that the global church can use in. Um, uh, discipleship and evangelism and missions in a variety of ways. See, I think that's amazing because, yeah. you know, I mean, I'll, I'll spend, you know, 15, 18, 20, 25 dollars on a video, like mm-hmm. on Sermon Spice or whatever. And, you know, uh, the fact, Chris, that you are, that you have a heart for this, you have a passion for this, you have, you know, a heart to, to kind of share theology through art. And then you're saying, you know what, this is, a gift. This is a free resource for the church. Um, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's noble. And I think it, it just serves to, uh, your motive and your idea that, you know, we want to, we want to help 
further the mission of God and what we're doing and why put a restriction mm -hmm. on that, you know? Yeah. And the Lord has, uh, I, I mean, I, I couldn't do that because, you know, I've got a family, so I couldn't do that. Um, if it weren't for a number of believers, it's like, uh, hundred something different people who are giving each month um, to keep it going. And and so it's because of them that I'm able to then turn around and say, hey, the Lord's providing for my wife and I. So here, just take this stuff for free. Wow. Um, so we're really, it's an amazing season the Lord's given us and uh, we're really grateful for it as it lasts. And I, I know we're, we're probably going to say this at the end here, uh, but I, I think just right now is a great time to ask where can people find this stuff where can people find these uh resources yeah um full of eyes.com is probably the easiest place uh that's kind of a hub um but then also the full of eyes channel on face or on youtube and um full of eyes on facebook so facebook is where i'm putting out the daily verse pictures um but yeah one of those two uh the the website Facebook or YouTube. And if, if somebody sees something there and they need it higher resolution, email me. I get emails like that all the time and I just send out the higher res file. So wow. that's where they can kind of get a hold yeah. of me. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Well, uh, so I have a question. I, I'm not sure that I quite understand uh, the idea of exegetical art. Could you explain that concept to me a little bit? Yeah. Um, so exegesis is is the term for kind of drawing out the meaning of something, and you hear it applied in preaching a lot. Exegetical preaching is I'm drawing out the meaning from the text and presenting it then to the people. Um, and so exegetical art is an attempt to do the, the work in the text that you do for a sermon, looking at the original languages, doing the, the uh, you know, comparison of, of other texts and doing the studying. Um, and then drawing that meaning out through exegesis, uh, but then the application of it, or the, the I should say the proclamation of it, um, is done in a uh, visually artistic way. Um, and so it's it's done through art, through an animation, or through a picture. So could go on, but that's that's the base of what, what that means. Yeah, cool. Um, well, so maybe you could... Tell us then a little bit about your process, how that would how that would work as you're as you go to a scripture, you go, you you know, you dig out the truth. You obviously went to seminary, so hopefully you have a little bit of stored up knowledge that you can pull from. But then how does how do you what's the process you go through from taking that and turning it into visual art? Yeah, well, I mean, um, it's a lot of praying, um, you know, like I am working right now on. Ephesians 2, um, 6 and 7, about us being raised with and seated with Christ um, in order to receive for the coming ages the, the God showing us his grace in Christ. Um, and I'm kind of, just kind of working through what that's going to look like. So there's prayer that goes into it. Um, I kind of have a, 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 a symbolic um, palette that I draw from that's largely populated by the symbols we find in scripture. Um, I, I have this dictionary of biblical imagery, which my iPad is sitting on, so I can't get it out and show it to you, but, um, it's under there. Um, <laughs> but ju basically just, um, kind of that, you know, drawing on these different elements and trying to, uh, weave something together, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to say what's the process 
where where the art is born uh, because it kind of just um, you know as as J.R.R. Tolkien said it kind of grows up from the leaf mold of the mind and so what what you just have growing in your mind and heart from your life's experience kind of that's where the art grows up from um, now Chris yeah. so I'm I'm not uh, 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 I'm a musician artist but I'm not like a uh, an an art video artist guy like you and so uh, i'm curious just because you know the way that i think with music you know my mind thinks in terms of you know melodies my mind thinks in terms of chords and arrangements um i'm curious how does your mind think when you're putting stuff together are you are you laying it out are you scripting it out are you kind of frame by frame or or are you just kind of big picture and then you're trying to fill in the gaps what's your process yeah. Okay. Um, well, for the animations, there's definitely a storyboarding process. Um, so there's really two types of animations I do. One is kind of carried along by a song, uh, a, a lyrical song. One would be carried along by an instrumental song with spoken scripture. Um, but in either case, what I'm doing is breaking the animation kind of into scenes or movements and then um, thinking, okay, how can I visually express the the truth that this scene is is focusing on? And then I'll I'll storyboard that out, um, and then and go with it. So it's it's pretty structured. Um, the animation I'm doing for Addiction um, has a storyboard all laid out, and now I'm just kind of walking through and drawing uh, the elements that I've storyboarded beforehand. Hmm. So if if someone else out there listening to the podcast wanted to kind of wanted to kind of get started in doing something like what you do, a similar similar pursuit to what you do, what would you what advice would you give them to get started? How would they begin this kind of pursuit? Yeah, um, I would say, and this isn't to say to be uh, you know overly spiritual. Uh, this is this is to me this is the most practical thing I've ever considered. Um, where in uh, Luke 10:41, Jesus says to Martha, you're anxious about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary's chosen the better portion and it won't be taken from her. And so if, if anybody wants to say, what do I do with my gifts or my skills or my passions? I think the first thing is we, we sit at Jesus' feet and look to him and listen to him and become enamored with him and satisfied with him as he's revealed to us in scripture and only out of that can any sincere investment of artistic ability be, be done. Um, you know, we, and, and that can't be a means to an end. We can't say, okay, well, let me get the satisfied with Jesus out of the way so I can make pictures. It doesn't work. Um, we, we, it's sitting at his feet. It's him at the center. So I'd say that's crucial. Lay down the pencils and pens and cameras until Christ is, is the you know the the burning center of our hearts, um, but then you know from that I would say um, you know we've just been given such an interesting environment where you can put stuff out on YouTube, you can put stuff out on Instagram, you can share stuff, um, and I would say make make and share you know just make from your heart and get it out there uh, from your heart satisfied in Christ I, I should qualify and get it out there. Um, and, um, 
And that's going to enrich the body of Christ, uh, whether it's in big ways or small ways or lasting ways or, you know, fleeting ways. That's going to be enriching, um, uh, effoliating the body of Christ, and it won't be for naught. So I think that would be my my advice. Uh, one final question before we wrap up here, Chris, and you touched on it a little bit, but I thought what you said was really, really good. I want to kind of just linger there just for a, another second. You know, so what, um, what would you say to, you know, the believer with creativity, you know, and, and again, you touched on this a little bit, but so a believer, he's got some creativity, he's got some ideas and how would you encourage them or what would you say to them to help that believer uh, engage uh, people's theology, engage people's ideas of truth. Um, how do you mm. h- how do you encourage that person who is a creative person and wanting to kind of go on this path of engaging people in truth? Um, well, it's interesting. So you say engaging people in truth, um, and I think that um, God Himself is is goodness, truth, and beauty. And these three things are rightly understood inseparable. And so I think for the artist, our task is to make truth, show truth to be beautiful as it is. Mm. Um, So it would be, you know, beauty being the inroad to truth, because if you can present true beauty as which is which is ultimately God made known and enjoyed in all the ways that happens in the universe, if you can present true beauty and cause somebody to taste that and say, huh, that's beautiful, we, progress has been made. Um, and and you've, you've begun to draw someone toward the truth because to see true beauty is to see something of the truth. And so for the artist, I'd say labor by grace to perceive what is true as beautiful and then labor by grace to proclaim what is true as beautiful. Um, and I think that that's, that's what our culture needs. Yeah. I just, I wanted to uh, kind of touch on something there. There's, um, there's so much in what you're saying. And so I would just advise our listeners to not only go back and listen to this again and I just listen to Chris. You don't have to listen to our part, but really just yeah. listen to listen to Chris <laughs> and what he's saying. And that's go, the good stuff. Go check him out on uh, fullofeyes.com. But um, I think, I think there's some really good uh, principles in, in what you're saying, even going back to the last thing that, you know, get at Jesus' feet first, you know, let your heart be full of Christ, and then your then your motivation is Christ, right? And I think so much of what happens in our art, especially, you know, in Christian art, is our motives kind of get off base, and our motive becomes mm-hmm. about ourself and about our own selfish agendas, our own our selfish motives, our own you know, identity and our identity becomes wrapped up in the art that we're doing and per and pursuing. And so then when we put it out there for the world to see and it gets criticized and critiqued and, you know, torn apart and people say, Hey, I didn't mm-hmm. like this or that didn't work. Then, then it's not just an attack on me. I mean, it's not just attack on, on art. It's an attack on me and my personal identity. Right. No. What right. if it's birthed out of Christ and my relationship with Christ and I'm just sharing, basically I'm just sharing Christ with, with people through this, through this art, and it's not me that's attacked in the process, right? And I think that's important. Yeah, and that's, and that's the struggle, you know, I mean, that's true, it's true what you're saying, and it's, I mean, but the desire to latch identity onto what I'm doing is always there, you right. know, and it's, um, 
you know, you always tend to think kind of I am what I do. And that that war to not let that happen um, is consistent. But you're you're exactly right that when when I when I'm at least making the the attempt to fight that um, you don't have to collapse into ruin when somebody says, hey, what you did is dumb Uh, because, you know, the roots are in Christ and all they can do is chop off the leaves. Mm -hmm. um, And that's that's fine. You know, we probably need our leaves trimmed. Yeah. <laughs> God's a good God's a good gardener. If I, yes. if I remember John 15, well, I think <laughs> vine and branches, uh, yeah. baby. But uh we're about out of time, so Chris, I just wonder if you have a few uh closing thoughts that you might like to encourage us with as we as we part ways, something that you would be able to share with us as well as those listening to the podcast as they go out and do what God has created them to do. What would you give to encourage them on their journey? Boy, um yeah, I think I think I would say um, just what Jesus says in John six thirty five. Um, he says, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst." And then later on, he says pretty pretty explicitly, um, "My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink." And whoever feeds on me will live because of me. And and I would say that flesh and blood imagery, that's about the crucified Christ. That The crucified Christ in light of the resurrection, that's where we see God. That's where we know God. That's where the food and drink for which our souls were made is found. And so I'd say go to the cross illuminated by the resurrection and and know and enjoy God uh, in the Son by the Spirit. Uh, that's what I'd say. Oh, really great, Chris. Thank you again so much for your time. Uh, make sure if you're listening to this podcast, check him out on fulloveyes.com. Uh, I know when we're done here, um, I'm gonna like like just the idea of free resources and videos and really creative stuff. Uh, that's a huge value, you know, for me as a worship pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, I I put I place a huge value on that. Uh, so, Chris, thank you for making that available to guys like me and to churches across the world. Uh, thank you for making those resources available. Um, I think that's a tremendous gift. Definitely. Um, it's my joy to be able to do it. And thanks for your time here on the podcast today, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Definitely. Love to do it again. Yeah, great. Um, boy, just great having that conversation with Chris. You know, I, I, I was mentioning you, David. Um, uh, I think I might even said it on, I can't remember if we were recording at the time, but uh, when when you have a guy who is passionate, you know, about what they do um, and everything, you know, I felt like everything was just based in this context of theology. Everything mm-hmm. was based in the context of the Bible. And and that's just really wonderful. And and that's not anything against people who you know are out doing projects and doing their thing. Uh, there's lots of really wonderful projects and things out there. But I really appreciate Chris's heart to kind of bring everything back to being gospel centric. You know, everything back kind of to the theology. You know, what what does it say in John? What does it say in Luke? How about Ephesians? You know, and uh, um, yeah, really, really, uh, really fun to to talk with someone uh you know who just is passionate about right. all that and I, re- and I really appreciate the idea of of you know artistically expressing truth you know mm. i think 
I think that's significant to, you know, a lot of times I think artists, you know, we just, we want to do art, right? And so the art kind of becomes the, the main thing and, and we focus on the art and then, you know, is there really any substance to what we're producing, whether, whether it's visual media like he does or songs or other things, but maybe, maybe like he said, you know, we need to really focus on, on that relationship. And, and so that whatever is coming into our art is coming out of something that's founded and grounded yeah. in truth. Right. And, um, I think I, that's that's really uh, important for us as artists to, to pay attention to because it's so easy to just kind of to kind of go off and the art becomes a thing and, and I don't think art was ever intended to become the main focus of anything it's just an expression of something and mm-hmm. so uh, yeah but uh, really really good interview and so you can go uh, go check them out at what fulloveyes.com and and find out more information there but that's all the time we have for this episode. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you again in the not-too-distant future. For now, you can find us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst, and you can send an email to... Uh, Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And uh, go check out gardencityproject.org and go see uh, all the stuff they've got going on over there on our partner site there with uh, Dave Yalk and everything going on there but for now that's all the time we have we'll talk to you again soon bye twitter.com slash wm catalyst facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst <laughs>